if you're like me, you would love a way to increase the efficiency of solar panels by more than 20%. That's the problem with solar panels. They're so inefficient by at least 20%. Jiaxing Huang uh, is on a team at Northwestern University that has figured out a way to increase the efficiency of solar panels more than 20%. Well, so Dr. Huang, what did you use to do that? Well, we use um, Blu-ray movie discs. A Blu-ray movie disc. Mm-hmm. A very old, probably 1992 Jackie Chan movie. It was called um, Police Story Number Three: Supercop. <laughs> Supercop. Supercop. Yes. Now, is there a reason you chose this movie? Uh, my graduate student Alex Smith. He uh, probably did a little. Black Friday shopping at Best Buy, and uh, <laughs> he discovered a bunch of uh, bargain movies over there, and among them, Supercop. So he bought a number of them back to the lab, and while we were looking at the movies, well, not watching, just looking at the discs, yeah. I realized that, you know, I might actually have watched that movie, you know, 10, 20 years ago. So we decided to start with that one. And is there anything in particular about that movie? Uh, that really, yeah, eventually we figure out that it, the movie content doesn't really matter as long as it's written by Blu-ray standard. And also, you know, it's, it, you know Supercop is pretty fun and exciting. And we <laughs> thought that this, that could make our research fun and exciting, too. So insofar as you could explain it to two people like us, how, how does the, the Blu-ray uh, help out the solar panel? Okay. So in solar panel industry and research, people have already known that if you roughen the surface of a solar cell, if you make the surface a little bit rougher, uh -huh. you can actually have higher efficiency because a rougher surface can um, better absorb light. Okay. And you have to optimize that so that it works just about right for the solar light, for the sunlight. So the, the Blu-rays basically have kind of the, the optimum type of roughness you need to uh, uh, increase the efficiency of the solar panel. Uh, yes. So you're... You're taking the data from the Blu-ray, right? Mm -hmm. And you're transferring that to a solar cell. So if the sun had the kind of laser technology, could the sun watch Supercop? <laughs> That's a very good point. I, yes, actually, you're absolutely right. Essentially, we are pretty much recording Supercop on the surface of a solar cell. <laughs> We are on our way out of town, so we have just a short show for you today. But we do want to answer at least one of your how-to questions. Hey, Cameron, what can we help you with? Um, I was wondering if you could tell me how um, Hollywood movies choose their sounds, because a lot of the sounds that I hear in the movies I've never actually heard in real life, like a, a bullet ricocheting or the sound of a, a silencer on a gun or electrical arcs or explosions. And um, I'm just wondering if they're realistic. Was there, a, uh, was there maybe a, a particular film you were watching when you first started wondering about this? Yeah. It was actually, um, I can't remember which of the Star Wars movies it was, but it was one where um, Luke Skywalker had to cut open some sort of a animal he was riding to climb inside it to uh, escape from the cold. And oh, I re yeah. remember the squishing sounds that its intestines made when they came out. I'm a pathologist, and I, I deal with intestines a lot when I'm doing my post-mortem exams, and um, they don't make a noise. And um, I just remember thinking that was really unrealistic, and it made me wonder how many other sounds were unrealistic in movies. Huh. So this this is yeah. the, the Tauntaun scene in uh, Empire <laughs> yeah, Strikes yeah. Back. It's Han Solo. He he slices it open. 
I think it's okay. A, it was Hamsoffa, was it? Sorry, yeah. it was a long time ago. So when you do when you do it in real life, it's it's just completely silent. Yeah, it is. Yeah, occasionally there'll be a there'll be a gurgle, um, the same kind of gurgle you hear when your own stomach's rumbling if you're hungry, or um, occasionally uh, if you're moving them with a forklift, if it's a horse or a cow, it'll fart. What? But um, they definitely don't make any uh, any squishing, slithering sounds. And you see that, or you hear that sound a lot in human autopsy scenes and movies as well. And really, it's, uh, it doesn't make that noise at all. Uh, well, we, we're going to try and, and get to the bottom of this for you. Great. Thank you. I, I think we have uh, the ideal person to answer this. Lisa Coulthard is a professor in film studies at the University of British Columbia in Vancouver. Lisa studies film, sound, and violence. So, Lisa, is all the stuff we hear in movies, is that stuff fake? Um, well, I don't know if I would use the term fake, um, but... That one sound, that kind of one squishiness, is probably made up of, it could be tens of tracks of different layers of sound to create that one sound. When I show my students a film like Public Enemy from the 30s, where they weren't doing post-production sound, they kind of laugh at the way a punch sounds. But that punch is actually much more realistic than a punch you would hear today, which is probably made up of, you know, like dozens of tracks of layered different sounds. Well, so what goes into one punch? Like when you say there's 12 layers, what are those layers? Well, you could have, for example, for a cinematic punch today, like sometimes it's uh, sound effects editors have like a kind of stock sound that they use. But in, even just in the Foley studio, which I've worked in Foley studios before, a single punch, you might have a skin-on-skin layer of sound. Then you might have the actual impact of a force, like a body hitting a body. Then if you want some kind of meatiness to the punch, we go into grocery stores and buy slabs of meat and punch a slab of meat. You might add some moisture to it if you want it to sound like there's blood. I remember hearing stories with E.T. too in terms of his movement being, uh, one of the things the Foley artists did was uh, put gel, like hair gel, inside a T-shirt to give him that kind of squishy sound when he walks. If you want it to sound like maybe a bone has been broken or a tooth has cracked, you might step on some pasta to give that kind of crunching sound. And then those tracks go to uh, the sound effects editor who then might lay on more and you know, manipulate the sound in digital ways, and then it gets mixed for the final mix. So there's all these sorts of aspects. Do you eat the meat and the pasta after <laughs> you're done? No, we, it has usually been so tenderized and manipulated with that you wouldn't want to go near it after. <laughs> Cameron also asked about uh, silencers and gunshots and, and bullets ricocheting. Mm-hmm. Like so, those are sounds you really only ever hear in movies, unless you're you know living a very exciting life. Where are those based on reality? There's a story about Warner Brothers and their sound um, their sound library, and apparently every Warner Brothers film from the 1930s uses the same gunshot, no matter what kind of gun. They just had this library gunshot sound that they used for everything. Whereas today, it really depends on the director. Sometimes there are, sometimes directors get really obsessed about, say, a historical film to make sure that the gunshot sounds very real. And then, you know, in more action-based films, it's really about they want the tonality and the impact, and they want all these extra sounds. There are lots of ways that... Uh, Sound designers and Foley artists work, for example, in films, in action films, to distinguish, say, the sound of the villain's gun from the sound of the hero's gun. 
So even though we might just think of that as a gun sound, there's often very particularly different sounds used for each. Like what? Well, often they'll pitch it at a different uh, level of frequency or there'll be like a sharpness, say, to the perpetrator's gun or the, the evil guy's gun. Um, they'll just be a different kind of, like, perhaps less pleasing sound quality to it in some way. Wow. Um, even things like footsteps, like when we're doing, uh, say, a bad guy's footsteps in Foley, often they'll have, like, a clipped nature to them rather than something more smooth and, like, going under the radar that you would have for the hero. Well, thank you so much for talking to us about this. Thank you. So, uh, Peter Sagal is here. Peter, welcome. Hey, guys. Now, I, I want you to know we're being sincere right now. And uh, we have an idea. Yes. And we'd love you to take part, but we want to give you the option to say no. No. <laughs> well, you haven't heard what it is yet. I'm anticipating. Okay. All right. So, uh, as you just heard on the podcast, we, uh, we did an interview with a woman who told us all the different sounds that make up a punch in a sound effect. Right. We're going to simulate it mm-hmm. by doing all those sounds here in the studio. We'd like to compare it to an actual punch. So I was thinking I would punch you, we would record it, and then we'd make the sound effect and see how similar they sound. You're actually going to punch me. In well, the face. I'm asking. Wouldn't it make more sense after all this time? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be more emotionally satisfying? To punch you in the face. No. I was actually going to go to the other direction and that I punch both of you. I'll be honest. I can't punch. I, cu- I couldn't punch you in the face, but I'll punch you somewhere. You'll punch me. Somewhere that would have a good sound. I can't. Why can't I punch you? That doesn't make sense. It makes, I think it makes excellent sense. I'll punch you. You punch me. We'll get two sounds that way because maybe people sound different when they get punched. So we trade punches. Yeah. All right. Great. Oh. All right. All right. So he's Ian is now about to punch. Okay, here me. we go. Here we go. One, two, three. Go. Ow! That had some force to it. That, that looked hurt. Like it hurt. Ow! Yeah. So I'm going to uh, now now smarting and a little angry. Uh, I'm now going to a little vengeance. I'm going to punch Ian now. Here we go. Ready? One, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's weeping. He, you, uh, if you can't see on the radio, <laughs> Peter punched me, and I fell back, and my knee hit the bottom <laughs> of the table. <laughs> so we we want to see how, how this actually works. So uh, Jillian has kindly grabbed all of the supplies needed to make a punch. Um, in front of me, we have some dried pasta. Okay. Um, rigatoni, obviously. We have a selection of magazines. Um, some better than others. We have a largish piece of steak. Um, we have a pencil. We have a broom. We have a towel. We have some books. One on Dickens, and we have two large sofa cushions. And it looks like you have a bottle of hair gel. Is that just yours, or is that for this? <laughs> no, I forgot that. Yes, we also have a, a bottle of hair gel. Terrific. We're going to record all the sound effects. Uh, you'll hear them all in a row, and then we'll put them together. Okay, so you've heard the component parts. You've heard me punch Peter and Peter punch me. Uh, first, we're going to play uh, the real punch once again. And now here, here is the punch we created 
using all of the components that Jillian brought in. And here is the punch we created with some additional sounds that we thought would add to the texture of the impact. We got an email from Kyle. Kyle says he listens to How to Do Everything while wearing his gas mask and full PPE while working at a chemical plant. PPE stands for Personal Protective Equipment. We looked it up. Kyle, these next 15 seconds are for you. I have to say, Kyle, I feel pretty touched that uh, you've blocked out all of your orifices except your ears, and you're choosing to let us in. You've got your mouth covered, your eyes covered, but your ears, you're keeping those open for old, old Mike and me. Really, Kyle, what, what is going on around you must be so horrible that you're using us as the buffer. Yeah. Here we are in the nails on the chalkboard factory. Yep. Why does that place even exist? So it's just about midnight, and we are we're laying next to each other on, on on my bed at the Hampton Inn and Suites in Newark, uh, New Jersey. Well, this seems like a good time to talk about our sponsor, Casper. They're an online retailer for mattresses, just like the one you and I are on now together. Yeah, and I don't I don't know much about mattresses, but I do know that. Casper mattresses are American-made and obsessively engineered for comfort. I mean, for example, Ian, they use two technologies, latex foam and memory foam. And that gives just the right amount of sink and bounce. And they have a risk-free trial. You can try out your Casper mattress for 100 days with free delivery and returns. That's outrageous comfort at a polite price. So go to casper.com slash everything to check out their options. And they have a special offer for listeners of this podcast. Use the promo code EVERYTHING to redeem $50 towards a Casper mattress that works for you. This mattress we're on, it's no Casper mattress. Well, that does it for this week's show. What we learned today, Mike? Well, I learned that when when you're putting together a punch in a movie, that it's not just a punch... It's not just one thing. It's actually a whole recipe of things. It's so many things happening. And I think if uh, next time I'm watching a movie, I think if you imagine the person not just getting hit with a fist, but getting hit with all of those things, a steak, some hair gel, wet paper towels, a big pile of boxes. Uncooked pasta. Just all that smashing into somebody's face. I think it makes for a richer film. And also, it's it probably really hurts. Have you ever been in a fight? My this brother, fight? my brother punched me in the mouth once when I had braces. And that was it. Oof. And I bled all over it. And then we went swimming in the ocean, and the salt water filled up the cut, and my lips exploded. So you weren't so much a fight; you were just a punching I victim. I got punched once. 
How to Do Everything is produced by Jillian Donovan with technical direction from Lorna White. Our intern this week is Kelsey Hardison. Did you know that there's actually 18 different elements that make up Kelsey? It's all just different types of dried pasta. Our artist in residence is Justin Witte. Get us your questions at howto at npr.org. And visit our website, howtodoeverything.org. I'm Ian. And I'm Mike. Thanks. Thanks.